Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here today. There's a lot to get into. Rams-Packers last night, Packers win. Is there really a realistic shot for them to make the playoffs? Now that the Rams are officially eliminated, what is next for them? Then, it was breaking news yesterday, Jalen Hurts has a sprained injury to his throwing shoulder, will most likely be out Sunday or Saturday against the Cowboys. How big of a deal? Is this for the Eagles moving forward? And then I give you my top 10 teams in the NFL post-week 15. Let's get right into it, starting with the Rams and the Packers. Last night, Packers won convincingly, comfortably, like I said they would, 24-12. to I didn't predict that exact score, but I did say it would be under. Low scoring, the Packers would be able to handle uh, the Rams with relative ease, and that was the case, you know, even though going into halftime it was 10-6, to it was, you know, early in the second quarter, it was 3-3, three to three. the game never really felt close, never felt like the Rams had a shot, the Rams just had too many penalties, eight penalties for 76 yards, which were, uh, a couple of them were very costly on a couple of big plays, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, with an interception, and then the fact that they couldn't really move a ball at all offensively. 156 total yards, 84 passing, 72 rushing. They were 4 of 11 on third down, which wasn't good. And Green Bay dominated the time of possession. 37 minutes to the Rams, 22. And the Packers held on to the ball for the final eight minutes of the game in the fourth quarter to ice the game there. Didn't allow the Rams to get the ball back. It was a sound win for the Green uh, Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, to me, didn't have his best game, didn't play great like he has in all season. Uh, he was 22 of 30, 229 yards, a touchdown interception, a grand QBR of 37.7, but the running game was really good. Aaron Jones, I think, is a terrific running back. He was great last night, 17 carries, 90 yards, and a receiving a touchdown. He had four receptions for 36 yards. He was there a third leading receiver on the team behind Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. And that's what we wanted to see last night. Going into the game yesterday, I said, this isn't a time we see Dobbs and Christian Watson together on the field. And they were really good. Romeo Dobbs looks like he can be a good player in this league. And Christian Watson, I think, has the makings to be a star in the NFL. So this offense is slowly getting it together. But to me, the biggest concern is still Aaron Rodgers. And him not, himself not looking like Aaron Rodgers. We talk about Tom Brady and uh, punish Tom Brady, but we kind of let Aaron Rodgers slide a little bit. Well, Aaron Rodgers really hasn't played good. Both of those teams are 6-8. and eight. Green Bay's playing, not playing much better. They are on a little two-game winning streak, albeit beating the Bears, who, again, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers historically owns. And then they just beat the Rams, and the Rams not meaning much considering how bad the Rams are. Now that Baker Mayfield's their quarterback, their two top receivers from the year uh, that they wanted are gone. Their three starting wide receivers, or two of their wide receivers from a Super Bowl last year are injured. Their offensive line has had the most combinations in the league. Uh, at 15, the offensive line has been in shambles. And that's been absolutely terrible. Uh, but I'll give credit to Green Bay. They got the win. They did what they needed to do. 
Now the question is, can the Rams or can the Packers really make the playoffs? After the game yesterday, uh, Aaron Rodgers wanted to throw some shots out there. Lisa Salter's reporter said that, you know, they're about to face uh, some, you know, good teams, playoff teams, uh, above 500 teams. And great. And Aaron Rodgers was quick to correct her that two of those teams are above 500, the Ram or the Dolphins and the Vikings. One of those teams is 500, so with a smile. And that, of course, is the Detroit Lions. Uh, and then after the game, he said that we, he knew that if they got two wins, they'd have the bye week. Uh, they need to win this game, and they need to have a lot of things go their way. And he said that everything that's needed to go their way has basically gone their way. So Aaron Rodgers being the ego-narcissistic type of person that he is, uh, loves himself and loves their chances, uh, gives himself a shot. Uh, but how real is their chances? Well, they're about to play the Dolphins down there in Miami, which I think is going is their toughest game remaining. Miami at home uh, is really good, and I do think uh, all the Packers playoff hopes and pushes are going to be put to bed this weekend. I do. I really do. I think the Dolphins are going to slap the Packers. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be on a four-game losing streak. I think they're going to rebound at home. You know, they just were on, you know, the three worst games that the Dolphins have played this season. All of them happened to be on the road. It was like the toughest three-game road stretch of the year for any team at Niners, at Chargers, and at Buffalo. I mean, uh, Packers couldn't do that. They couldn't beat the Bills this year, and I don't think they'd be able to beat the Chargers or the 49ers either if they were to play. So that was a very tough stretch. Mike McDaniel, like I said, excellent coach. I think they're going to win. So let I I don't think it's going to be a conversation next week. I think the conversation will be Packers are eliminated. That's that right there. But let's say for the sake the Packers beat the Dolphins. They then have to play the Vikings. The Vikings, depending on what happens with the Eagles game this week, are still in play for the one seed. They still don't want to concede the two seed to the Niners, who are right down their neck. And if Vikings slip up and the 49ers stay pace, 49ers overtake them. I don't think they want that. So, again, that's a tough game. And then the Lions are fighting for a playoff spot there at the end, even though the Packers' last two games are at home. But there's also quite a few tiebreakers to consider. So, what do the Packers need other than them winning out? Well, they need Seattle to lose one more game to make them 7-8 and eight, uh, or have eight losses, the same amount as Green Bay. And Green Bay would win the tiebreak due to the better conference record that Green Bay would have. Then you need Washington to lose two more games. It's very possible two of their final three games are against the 49ers and Cowboys. So, you know, for a Lions fan's per- perspective like myself, I still like the Washington's chances to lose a couple more games there. So Green Bay needs those two things to happen. And then they kind of need a Detroit loss before that. Because let's say Detroit and Green Bay play the end of the year. Detroit is 9-7 and seven and Green Bay is 8-8. Eight and eight. And they're fighting for the final wild card spot. Well, there's a couple things that will, before that game, 
really take hold if that game has any meaning. One of those is the conference record. So like I stated before, uh, Detroit, if they were to win out uh, their final few games uh, to get to that spot, their conference record would be 7-4. and four. If Green Bay were to win their next few games, their conference record, one of those is the AFC, so their conference record would be 6-5. and five. Detroit would have the tie break there. Detroit beat them earlier in the season. So if Green Bay were to win that game at the end of the year, uh, they would split the two head-to-heads. So the next thing they do is go to the best conference record. Well, guess what? Detroit has the better uh, conference record going into that game. So if they were to lose, that would be tied. So Lions would then be tied with the Packers for the head-to-head and for the conference record. What do you go after that? Well, how about division record? Well, division record would be the same as well if those things hold up. Detroit would beat the Bears, so they'd be 4-1. and one. Going into that game, Green Bay would be 3-2. and two, So Detroit would be 4-2. and two. Green Bay would be 4-2. and two. So everything's the same. Then you go to the strength of victory next tiebreak. And right now the Lions stand at a 500 strength of victory which happens to be the best in the NFC, best strength of, strength of victory. Uh, why is it so high? Well, because they have actually had the hardest strength of schedule, not only so far in the NFC, but in the whole NFL. They have had the toughest schedule played out, and that's not based on preseason expectations. That's based on who they've played so far and how their records have been, regardless of a win or loss. So Detroit's had the toughest strength of schedule, so they have the toughest strength of victory at 500. Green Bay's at 393. So if they were to win those two games, Green Bay's would definitely move up from 393, and Detroit's would probably stay about the same, maybe drop a little bit, depending on how Carolina goes going forward, and maybe if the Bears win one more. So those two numbers could be very close, but that would be the biggest indicator there is it probably would come down to a strength of victory and strength of schedule and we really won't know how that shapes up until the final game until that final meeting with the Packers and the Lions but right now Green Bay needs a lot of hidden stats and a lot of little things to go their way like the teams they've beaten so far uh, that Detroit hasn't played to win games Uh, so you know, they need the Cowboys, who they beat, to win some more games. They beat the Eagles. That would make the Lions strength of, big, uh, strength of schedule, strength of victory look worse. That helped the Packers out. Uh, you know, both teams lost to the Bills, so you really don't need one like that. Uh, but the Titans are another team. The Lions didn't play. They want the Titans to keep on winning. So that loss there hurts because the Titans have been on a four-game losing streak. So that hurts the strength of victory. So a lot of things... Uh, you know, hidden things, other rooting indicators that the Packers need to need. And I think they're at a 12% chance to make the playoffs somewhere around there. I don't see the number being there. I I don't see them making it. Uh, Again, I have uh, the Dolphins beating them this weekend to put all those rumors, all those hypotheticals, what if scenarios to rest. But that is how a Packers 
playoff berth would look like that's what they need to happen. Well, what about the Rams? What's next for the Rams? Well, they own a top five draft pick. But it's going to the Detroit Lions because of the Matthew Stafford trade. They don't own a lot of draft capital. Uh, so that hurts them because this is a talented draft. Los Angeles has a lot of holes in the roster. So the you know, fourth-round pick that they get is not going to them. It's going to the Lions right now. So that hurts them. But there's a lot of things that need to happen. And it's not just get our guys healthy. It's not just get Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald healthy. Because even healthy, they didn't look that good beginning of the year against the Bills and the Niners. They around three and four when they were all healthy. And everything went down the pot. Uh, we said this, or I should say I really said this. Um, some other people did. But this offense was too Cooper Cup-centric. Allen Robinson... Couldn't get open. Matthew Stafford didn't trust anyone outside of Cooper Cup. They need to rebuild their offensive line. Uh, I thought they were hoping, I think they were hoping to, you know, they lose Andrew Whitworth, that'd be a big blow. But they regressed. A couple people left. It hasn't been that good. They need to figure that out. And then on the defensive side of the ball, again, Bobby Wagner, there's a reason why the Seahawks released him. He's not the linebacker he used to be. Uh, I think the defensive line is fine. When Aaron Donald is there with Leonard Floyd, that's still a very good tandem. But then in the back end, they need some help. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is not the same corner he used to be, and their other safeties and corners are not that talented. So there's a lot of issues the Rams need to address. I believe they only have around $7 million in cap space next year. Not a lot of money to work with. Don't have draft picks, so for cheap younger players as well to grow and develop. So I'm glad the Rams got their Super Bowl. They did. The banner can never come down. There's no asterisk attached to that. But everything is at a cost, and the cost is that that one championship uh, could spell doom for the future with the cap situation that they're in with the no draft capital uh, that they're in. And just the league of the NFL, uh, you know, after one year, we kind of figure you out, and it's it's tough to stay on top. You know, the Patriots dynasty is really an anomaly because everybody thought the Chiefs would be a dynasty. They've only had one Super Bowl so far to speak of. There is no dynasty with them. The Seahawks, years ago, thought of a dynasty, only been one Super Bowl with them. So multiple Super Bowls in a few years span, back-to-back, only been Tom Brady. and the New England Patriots. So the Rams have a lot of work to do if they hope to get back to the playoffs. And who knows what happens if, you know, Aaron Donald was speaking of retirement last year. Does that come back up? So will Sean McVay, will that come back up? So Rams have a lot of question marks. How healthy is Matthew Stafford going to be when he comes back? Uh, A lot, a lot of questions for the Rams now that they are officially eliminated from playoffs. One of five teams who have a 0% chance of making the playoffs. Joining the likes now of the Arizona Cardinals, the Denver Broncos, the Chicago Bears, and the NFL's worst, Houston Texans. Now, moving on to Jalen Hurts. Sprained injury, or 
injury, sprained shoulder, and it is his throwing shoulder. That complicates matters. Got hurt scrambling, got tackled, and since he wasn't a defenseless player, body weight came down on his shoulder. So that hurt uh, the Eagles there knowing that, hey, it's not, you know, he probably won't be there this weekend to play in a division-clinching best record in the NFL clinching game. But I think it's a safe move for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, If I were the Philadelphia Eagles, I'd definitely rest him the next two games against the Cowboys and Saints. You rest him against the Cowboys, Jalen, you know, you rest Jalen Hurts. Uh, You probably don't win that game. I'd probably say Dallas wins if the Eagles uh, start Gardner Gardner Minshew. I just do, uh, which would really, you know, if the Eagles look bad, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, that dispels the notion of the Jalen Hurts system quarterback who I defended, Micah Parsons. That dispels that rumor there. But if the Eagles look good, let's say they beat the Cowboys, yeah, Jalen Hurts is by far a system quarterback. So you have a big you know, storyline there that won't be talked about, but we'll see what happens. And then they play the Saints. It's in Philly. I think the Eagles can win that game and then clinch everything up right then and there. Uh, and again, the Vikings won't be a factor because the Eagles have the head-to-head over them, and Cowboys have four losses. So, 49ers have four losses. So, Eagles would kind of be done at that point. So then, at that point, depending, you know, if they win those two games, everything is clinched. I might play him sparingly against the Giants, just get him loose, knowing you have the first round bye, because you really don't want your quarterback taking a month off. You know. To me, that's more a sign of, you know, you're more likely to get rusty, thrown back into the playoffs, considering how bad that playoff performance was last year for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. You kind of want some, you know, game feel before the playoffs. So I think that Giants game, you tune them up a bit, you see how he feels there. Uh, of course, if they lose against the Cowboys and Saints and the Eagles is a mu- or the Giants is a must winner, then, you know, you have to play Jalen Hurts. Uh, full throttle in that game to try to get the first round by but once he did not uh, secede anything to the Cowboys or to the 49ers or Vikings at that point, then you're really playing for it because you could go from the one to the fifth seed real quick. And that would be the, I think, ultimate choke job uh, for starting out 13-1. and one. Don't think that will happen, but that's just in case. But Jalen Hurts' injury to his throwing shoulder. And it would happen running the football. And we see running football quarterbacks get hurt more than ever. We see Lamar Jackson have injury concerns. Kyler Murray just got injured. Russell Wilson's a running quarterback. He gets injured. That's what we see. Josh Allen maybe is the exception because he's such a big body guy uh, that, you know, I don't know what he's on, that he doesn't get injured. But outside of that, Patrick Mahomes is more finesse. Stands in the pocket more. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, they don't get injured. They're more like the ACL from like a plant, you know, uh, tackle to your leg or knee or something like that. It's not an injury because you're running the football like these guys. So there is a caution there to running quarterbacks. And to me, I think, of you know, running quarterbacks, scrambling quarterbacks are more prone to injury because of the situations that they put themselves in. 
And I think that's why, you know, we wanted to see Lamar develop more as a pocket passer to not scramble as much. That's why we uh, want to see Kyler as well. And uh, that's why we saw Russell Wilson really develop into a pocket passer. Uh, And next will be Justin Fields as well, kind of having that scrambling torch on himself who's set to break uh, Lamar Jackson's record for rushing yards in a season. We'll see how that goes uh, with him. But I think the Eagles have to be very cautious with Jalen Hurts and how they go from here uh, and how they manage him. But I do still do think they get the one seed, beat the Saints. Giants game will be meaningless there at the game. Uh, again, if the Cowboys would have now, beat the Jaguars, then this game would be really interesting, Eagles and Cowboys without uh, Jalen Hurts. But since the Cowboys are pretenders, like I said, uh, they choke up uh, when you least expect them to. But when you need them to, that's exactly what they do. So that's that with them. Now moving forward to my top ten teams in the NFL. Now, to me, this was, I think, the easiest top 10 of the year. This was, to me, the most straightforward, easy top 10, I think, list uh, that I've come up with so far. Really, no issues, uh, no problems. Uh, I looked through it, and I thought, this this goes here, this goes here. And it was simple, really simple, uh, when I did this last night. So, starting off, number 10. The Baltimore Ravens. Why are they number 10? Well, they're still 9-5. and five. They're still clearly in the division race. They're going to get a playoff spot. Uh, I think they are a good team defensively. Uh, they're, they've looked really well. But now the offense has sort of really reg- regressed. And it started regressing with Lamar Jackson. But now with Tyler Huntley, uh, a quarterback with Lamar Hurt, uh, the offense has really regressed. The receivers can't get open. No receivers, not good. Uh, it's kind of a typical, you know where Mark Andrews is at, you hone on him. And that's to me, is my real issue with the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, they become more electric when Lamar Jackson comes back. But I'm worried about the Baltimore Ravens. They've played good so far. Plus 41 point differential, a 9-5. and five. Uh, They've beat up, you know, on teams, they've won games in their division. So, you know, it serves them well, that experience. Uh, again, defense, I think, has really turned it around from being the first eight games. Like, does Mike McDaniel know what he was doing going from place to place to place? He settled in, but now it's the offense, to me, is the major concern there. Number nine, the Miami Dolphins. Now, they've lost three in a row. I'm not going to knock them a bunch because, like I said earlier, they played the toughest three-game road stretch, I think, of anyone in the season. Some teams don't even play three road games in a row in the season. Some teams don't. Some teams, the most they get only a back-to-back. Some teams are unfortunate, like the Miami Dolphins, to where it is three road games in a row, and it happened to be against three very good quality opponents. Uh... And that definitely hurt. But I still think Miami is a great team. 
a great offense who can score a bunch of points. I think Tyreek Hill, who's second in receiving yards, who's just absolutely helped transform Tua into a great quarterback. Jalen Waddle's been great in this offense. I think they found something against Buffalo running the ball as well. Raheem Mostert really got it going, found himself uh, defensively, got a little better. I'd like a stronger pass rush, uh, but if they can kind of piece that together, Miami can be a very tough out with this offense. Number eight, the Los Angeles Chargers. Two win, two games in a row, they've won. Big for them because now they're eight and six. They're six in the playoff spot. They are one of the teams I just mentioned that beat the Dolphins. Justin Herbert is a fantastic quarterback when things weren't going his way this past weekend against the Titans. Found a way on the last drive to get his team into field goal range and to win the game. That is huge for me. And looking at quarterbacks and looking at teams, not only you know winning close games, but when your star players, you don't expect them to be that bad. Like I don't expect Justin Herbert to have another dud like he did against the Titans. Like that was just, I think, a one-time bad game where it's like, whoa. And you can still win your quarterback's worst game of the season, that's saying something. Chargers are very eight. Number seven, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, again, I'm not completely sold on Minnesota. Uh, they're right there at plus two point differential, even though being 11 and three. Like I said, their closest comp could be the Miami Dolphins. They're a plus one point differential at eight and six. Las Vegas has that same point differential at 6-8. and eight. So to me, Minnesota's right there. They've played uh, better than what their, their record indicates, that they're better than what they really are defensively. Their soft defense, you know, it's really soft. It's not like Tom Brady said about the Bucks. It's fairly soft. That defense is super soft, and it's not good. No way around it. But they do have Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne and Dalvin Cook. And we got a con artist, a quarterback. So a con artist will win some games. He'll get his money at times. That's what he does. He doesn't always not deliver. But in the biggest moments, con artists will get there. Con artist Kirk. But they're 11-3. and three. I have to give them some respect for completing the biggest comeback in NFL history, even though it is against the biggest choke job of a quarterback in NFL history, Matt Ryan. Uh, there, it's not just all Kirk Cousins and the offense not going to come back. There is some blame on the Colts and Jeff Saturday and went into detail how bad that loss was yesterday. I won't go into it again, but I'll give the Vikings some respect here at seven. Who's a spot ahead of them at six? Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. Just the team, even though they lost the Jags, still beat the Vikings 40-3. to three. And they have a point differential plus 125. Like I said, it's been a roller coaster season. They have some ups, high ups, and then they have some downs. And this past week was a down. Uh, defense still has struggled to stop the run. That's going to be a problem against the Eagles, problem come playoff time against teams like the Niners. Uh, even as saying something when I look back at week one and the Bucks' best rushing game of the season, uh, one of their best rushing games was against the Cowboys. Uh, and they beat them early on in the season. So that still weighs on my mind. Dallas offensively, Dak can throw the football. He throws the football over place. 
He throws to his team. He throws interceptions to the other team. He just lets it run free. He's kind of turned from a safe quarterback to a gunslinger, and I don't know if that's going to work for him. But they're 10-4. and four. Like I said, they beat the Vikings, and they're at six. But to me, you have those teams right there that I just named the Ravens, Dolphins, Chargers, Vikings, Cowboys. To me, those teams have no shot of making the Super Bowl. Zero. All will make it to the uh, playoffs. All will do well. Uh, have a good record. But there is no shot. Not one of those five teams or any team that I will not be naming coming up will make the Super Bowl. The five teams I'm about to name have clear chances of making the Super Bowl. Those are out of these five teams, two of these teams will make the Super Bowl. Number five. Let's get started. Cincinnati Bengals. Ten and four. Second longest running third yeah, second longest running streak in the NFL. Six games. Point differential of eighty one. They played their worst half of football, down seventeen to three. They came back, scored 34 unanswered points, beat Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, Joe Burrow, even though it wasn't his best day, played sharp in the second half. Jamar Chase opened it up in the second half. They were able to run the football. The offensive line looks like a totally different unit than it was the first two games of the season when they were allowing seven and five sack sort of games. Uh, the Bengals' offense has looked a lot better. This defense missing Trey Hendrickson looked well. Sam Hubbard's uh, been dinged up. But this Cincinnati defense is still very talented, very good, vastly underrated, and it gives them a very good shot of making it to another Super Bowl. Number four, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, as I said, are the most dangerous team in the NFC and the NFL. Uh, they are, their weapons are great. Point differential now, plus 128. They've won seven games in a row, their longest in the NFL. And it's crazy to think at one point this team was 3-4. and four. They lost an 11-10 and 10 game to the Denver Broncos on Sunday night. And now they look unbeatable. The defense is complete. It's number one in yards, points, defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa resides there. And then on offense, it's the George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey show, Brock Purdy, just get him a ball out to the weapons around him. This is a great team. Number three, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I have the Chiefs here at three. Many two-game winning streak. They look good. Patrick Mahomes completed his last 20 throws of the game. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Uh, he just is, uh, you know, I thought there'd be a little regression with Patrick Mahomes now that Tyreek Hill is gone. Now, to me, there's been no regression with Patrick Mahomes. The offense as a whole has regressed. And what I mean by that is they no longer have explosive plays, the 50-yard shot, 40-yard shot. There's no threat of that with this team. Sky Moore hasn't done well, but Travis Kelsey's still there. Uh, he's able to throw the ball to running backs like Jarek McKinnon. And they're able to make some plays as well. But even though the offense has regressed, doesn't have that explosiveness, Kansas City, is with Patrick Mahomes, is still a threat to be anybody in the AFC. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are on a five-game winning streak. Oh, and the second-best point differential at plus 135. What happened to that two-game losing streak against the uh, 
Jets and the Vikings, and this offense doesn't look the same. Well, now this team looks really good. Buffalo is 11-3. and They're charging forward to the number one spot in the AFC, which will serve them well because Orchard Park did not look like the most friendliest place to play this past weekend. Looked very tough. Looked like not a lot of people want to go there. So, yeah, if Buffalo can hang on to this one, that's huge. Josh Allen looks great, even if it's not going to Stephon Diggs. They can still win games with Gabe Davis or by Josh Allen, incorporating James Cook more. Defense is fine. I like Buffalo a lot. Number one, Philadelphia Eagles, who I call the most complete team in the NFL, and that's why they're 13-1. and one. That's why they've won five games in a row, have the best point differential at plus 143. That's why they can win on the road. Oh, guess what? They are the only team who has a perfect road record. Can you believe it? This is the first time in years that there is not one team with a perfect home record. Only one team has a perfect away record, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Their style of football travels anywhere. They can play anywhere. Jalen Hurts has been great. A.J. Brown has unlocked another potential badge in Jalen Hurts's, uh, you know, Madden rating there. I mean, he's been great. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, to me, still the best offensive line in football. Defensively, they play really sound. Don't give up the big plays. Don't get beat a lot. Everybody knows your assignments. They're very well coached. Uh, to me, one of the most well-coached teams in this top five. So, got to tip my hat to the Philadelphia Eagles. To me, those are these are the five teams, like I said, that separate from the other five in my top ten that really have Super Bowl chances. It's Bengals, Niners, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. And to me, it's looking like the NFC Championship game will be the 49ers-Eagles. I think that's what a lot of people expect now. But with the AFC, it's a little tougher. You have the Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. Three teams can't make the AFC championship game. So we're going to have a great, a great divisional round matchup, I believe, whether it's between the Chiefs and Bengals, which would be fantastic, or maybe the Bills, Bengals, depending on what happens in a Monday night game coming up. But it's going to be great. Those are my top 10 teams. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all later. Uh, bye, everybody.